All culture. I, I do this for my culture. Black culture and hip hop culture. <laughs> it's Corners of the Culture. With D-Lo and KC. We thank you for downloading the latest episode of Corners of the Culture. I'm D-Lo. He's KC. Yeah. yeah. Along with the dope ones. Don, Don is dope. Is dope. I, reala- I realized this is me. I realized we had a discussion about our new co-host, That's but right. we did it after the show ended. Mm. So we thought Don was going to come in and talk to Chronic with us. And, you know, maybe we bring him in here for uh, a few other conversations or whatever but we wrapped up that episode and i think as soon as we hit stop it was like oh yeah it's the location and don it's, it's a wrap that's, that's, it's that's a wrap in a good way yeah that's what we're doing that's what we're doing and listen y'all don't know how honored i am to be here for real it's D-Lo Casey and the Dope Ones, man, uh, on Corners of the Culture. I appreciate everybody for checking out that episode of The Chronic. We really, yes, sir. when we finished that up, man, we knew we had something special. I hope we did that that album justice. Probably can't do that album justice in 50 minutes. Probably could have done a four-part series uh, on The Chronic. Seriously. And that's the case for a lot of conversations uh, we're going to have. So we hope that you'll subscribe, rate, and review, do all of that stuff. Uh, to help Corners of the Culture grow, share it with your friends, text it, put it on social media, whatever the case may be. Uh, and you talk about multi-part episodes, man, it's going to be difficult to discuss the evolution of Outcast. Mm, I'm telling you, it's my boys right here. Man. Trying not to in, be in, long-winded on this one. In, 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 in a single episode, man. But that's what we're here, man. We're here talking uh, in long form and let's get into it. Uh, Outcast popped on the scene in 1992. Uh, most people wouldn't oh. know that, though. They were on a What About Your Friends remix. Mm. You only knew that if he was outside with the <laughs> with the maxi single. If you had the CD single joint for What About Your Friends, you knew Outkast was on it. But if you go back and listen to it, and I think you can find it on YouTube right yeah. now, you'll think, yo, that's not Outkast. That's mm. like Das Effects mm. or the Fushnikins or something. Because what we heard on that remix is not what we heard two years later. Mm when Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music dropped. And I remember hearing that album for the first time. I remember Players Ball and the run that it was getting on on Rap City and right, all of that. Right, directed right. by Diddy. Puff yeah. Daddy at the time. Yeah. And, 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 and I remember listening to that album in its entirety for the first time thinking I've never heard anything like this before. Mm. I've mm. never. That's, what, that's why we, you and I, me and Kenny talk about this all the time. And we'll get to Quim and I and 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 Stank on you and 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 all of the dope Outcast albums, but for me, like if I had one that I could keep forever, it's Southern Playlist Cadillac music. Southern Playlist, yeah, man. Cadillac it has that music. smooth, just that. Yeah. It, it 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 has just that smooth flow to like the entire thing, and I don't. I think there's an evolution uh, appropriately titled for today's podcast. I think there's an evolution of their albums. Mm-hmm. And that's the only album that sounds like that. And mm-hmm. then you start to see them like change a little bit with AT aliens and so on. And then obviously you get to, you know, the 11 times platinum speaker box love below at the end. Mm-hmm. But when, when, when did you first become aware of outcast man, to be honest with you, it was a little late. It was a little late. Like, I was, you know, I was, I was listening to 1025 mm. and, you know, I was on my RB tip and all this other stuff. And I, I've told this story on D Lo and Casey. I'll tell it here. D Lo and Casey, uh, Monday through Friday. Shout out D Lo and Casey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Number one sports show in Sacramento. Yes, sir. But um, I think 
I don't remember the exact year, but I know it was 20 years old because the whole part of this story was my cousin, shout out to Alvarez, went to Minnesota, Minneapolis um, for a wedding and he was trying to sneak me in the club. So that's how I know I was <laughs> 20 years old. I was almost there. It was the good but I, I go there and it was like a random, I don't know, Thursday or Friday. And as soon as I get off the plane, he's like, man, what's up, man? What, what, what you doing, man? What you on today? I was like, man, I don't know. I can't do too much of anything. He's like, I, I think I got some extra tickets to this Outcast concert. You, you want to go? At the time, I was like, yeah, I know who Outcast is. Like, I, yeah, they're they're cool. Like, I wasn't really thinking much about it. I was like, they're cool. Like, I'll go check them out. And uh, I go and, and see the concert, and they blow my mind. The the songs I I knew I knew a few songs, but as I was at the show, they start playing. I was like, oh yeah yeah, I know this. Oh yeah, this one goes hard too. Oh yeah, I know this. And it was just a snowball effect. And then you combine that with the show mm-hmm. they actually put on. And after that, I was hooked. Yeah. After that, I went back, listened to all this stuff, and you know, was hearing some things for the first time, revisiting different things in different lights, and. I was an outcast stand at that point. So, well, I don't even know how to do the math. 20, I'd be 21 in 2004. So this was probably like 02, 03. Oh, when man. I finally was like, late. that was, yeah, like, I finally like, <laughs> I didn't know like, you meant like 96 or 97. Yeah, uh, like I said, I, I knew the song. <laughs> he meant like four albums. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was, they had, well, they had the, uh, the whole world single because mm-hmm. I remember Killer Mike mm-hmm. came yeah, out no, there no, and no, I'm no. in Minneapolis. That was a one and when he says I hit. catch the beat running like yeah. man Randy Moss, yeah. the whole place goes yeah, crazy. Yeah. I catch the beat running like Randy Moss. <laughs> Seventeen thousand goes crazy because we're in Minneapolis. Right. Um so yeah man I at that point I went back and and kind of caught up on what I, I wasn't all familiar with and yeah. I've been hooked since that day man. Yeah yeah no, at that, that point it's hard not to be engulfed by you know the mighty o (laughs) but um well first of all let me just say when damien when you when when you decided to do the outcast episode for this one i originally just felt like maybe we should do the de la soul episode Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying rest in peace to dave but when i really started to think about it i just got flooded with emotions because I was like, wow, Outcast has been so influential in my life mm-hmm. to the point where I can like flashbacks of milestones in my life based on their albums, singles, going back to like middle school. So my introduction to them, it, it was it wasn't Southern Playlistic. I wasn't, they weren't on my radar at that time. I was still listening, like I was on my RB, I was listening to Michael Jackson heavy. Maybe some MC Hammer, some Criss Cross, you know, but I was introduced to Outkast. It was two songs. The first one, I didn't even know who they were. I just knew I liked the song. Mm-hmm. Ben's a Beamer mm-hmm. on the New Jersey Drive soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I love New Jersey Drive. Mm-hmm. Didn't know who they were. Just Masterful that song. soundtrack, by Ooh. the way. Underrated yeah. soundtrack. So it really was. But the song that did it for me was the title track of their sophomore album, mm. ATLians, mm-hmm. 
When Big Ooh. Boy comes on that song, now it's the M.I. Crooked Letter, ain't, ain't no one better. better. And when I'm on the microphone, you best to wear your sweater, because I'm cooler, cooler than a polar bear's toenails. Oh, oh, hell, there he go again, talking that shit. Ben. Come on. <laughs> it was a rap. It was a, It was like that set the precedent right mm. there for who this group was going to, like, who mm. they, you know what I'm saying? Like, who they were. Like, I had no idea about, you know, their background, about the dungeon. I had to go back. Mm-hmm. to Southern Playalistic, but ATLians was it for me, for sure. And then Elevators, yeah. Yeah, the I, amount of... I, and and we gonna, I'm going to let you rock, but I'm going to just let y'all know in the words of Joe Budden, we potting today. Oh, we potting today. I got I got, <laughs> I got a take. I got a take. We can get to it later. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I got a take. Oh, wait a minute. I'm a, I, ain't I got, got, I got nothing. Let me, what's the take? <laughs> I got a take. I think Outkast is the greatest group of hip hop hip hop history. Oh man, yeah, we was gonna get there. I think that I think they number one. I I think we should wait on that though. I think we should wait on that. Let's go through the discography first. But who we get no, there? We, we here. I ain't, think they number one. <laughs> Who's in the conversation? Then? To me, it's Outkast. To me, Wu Tang. Cast and Wu Tang. Now, granted, I know people are gonna talk about Tribe. I know people mm. are gonna talk about Dayla. Got to though. Eric B and Rakim. I get it. You know how I feel. I respect them. I don't think they're as good as as Cass and Wu-Tang. Sugar Hill Gang don't do it for you? (laughs) (laughs) I think think it's a two-man race. Yeah, I do too. I think it's Cass and Wu-Tang. I'm definitely with you on that, Casey. I can't I actually that. I don't think that's a hot take. I think, I think me saying easy. they're number one is a hot take though. I don't I don't think it is. I think, I, I think I, if you put them against if you ask most people and you say Wu, I think people will say Wu. Well, see that I that's, think I'm in the minority. That's that's I, I feel like that might be a different conversation. Because you just said are they more influential than Wu Tang? And we when when you talk about like Wu Tang, you you like I want to do a whole episode on Wu Wear oh, mm, and yeah. what that meant. Yeah, you talk about influence. Those cards you used to get uh, in the CD where you where you like b- back in the day before you know www.wuwear.com or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you you had to mark like the Wu Wear shirt that, that you, you wanted. wanted yeah. Send your check or money order. And, nice. and, and 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 send it back like you got those in the Wu Tang album, right. and that like that like sparked a, you know, there had always been like a, a style to hip hop, mm. but this was like this style is hip hop. Mm. So when you talk about influential and you talk about best, the the there there could be different answers in the two. Yeah, mm. but I, I you know when you're. It's like when you talk about the greatest basketball player of all time, you're probably only talking about two players at this point. Mm-hmm. It's fun to incorporate Irvin and Kareem and Bill Russell and all of these different guys. And well, that's all fine. Mm-hmm. But really, when you break it down, you're probably talking about two guys. Mm-hmm. I think that's the case when you're talking about the greatest hip hop groups of all time. Mm-hmm. I think you're talking about Outkast and you're talking about Wu Tang. 100%. Man. Great groups deserve mention. Mm-hmm. But as the greatest, yeah, it's probably two. only those two in the conversation. Yeah, yeah it's probably and, and, two. and one of the one of the reasons why I go there uh, is I'll ask you guys and I'll ask everybody that's listening. And I'm going to I'm going to stop it at three. I could go four, but I'll stop it at three and be conservative. Has there been an an, an opening three acts? When I talk about three acts, I mean the th- first three albums by a hip hop group 
better than Outcasts. Mm. Southern, ATLs, yeah. and Aquemini. I mean, the, the only way I could do it is. Yeah. I, I would. <laughs> I mean, that, that's I, I nasty, right there. The only way, like I, I said, I could it. say steak on you, but I'm gonna I'm yeah. leave steak on you to the side. Why? I, but I'm just because I honestly, as much as I love it, I don't think it's as good as those three. No. We can go well, four. I, we can go four, I and think, then it gets really nasty. I, I, <laughs> it gets really nasty. I think Aquemini is borderline like groundbreaking. Aquemini mm. is considered the greatest southern rap album of all time mm. so if you consider the south got something to say is, like that let, let's not let's maybe we are going a little too fast maybe we are going a little too fast we're putting the, the cart before, before the horse southern southern it was southern playlist yeah, that, that, yeah. yeah. that was 1990 no southern playlistic was 94 but the source awards that was 95 they were best so, new artists, so it had to be. Source. So yeah. it was for Southern Playlistic, yeah. and, and 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 that was uh, the famous uh, South guys. Y'all ain't got sick. no love for Snoop Dogg. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, all up in the videos dancing, mm -hmm. and then Andre Three Thousand takes the stage and says the South got something South to say. Something yeah. to say. And, and I believe that's them. They that, booed them. I believe that's S O U F. Uh, he <laughs> made it clear the South got something got to say. Something to say. And and in. Okay, you talk about influence. Was it Outcast that sparked the Ludacris's absolutely and 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 everything and the TIs and and everything that followed from Atlanta? Absolutely. I mean, I'll go as far as to say they introduced so they made people take Southern rap seriously mm -hmm. as a whole, mm -hmm. not just Atlanta, but mm -hmm. the whole Southern rap scene. Because before that, Southern rap was pretty much like. It was base. underground. Mm -hmm. Boy, it, it was base too, yeah. right? It was base yep. coming out of all of those different regions, coming mm -hmm. out of Louisiana, coming out mm -hmm. of Atlanta, Texas. It was all like base. But when it lent, when when Outcast, when they dropped Southern Playlistic, that made people like really take the South seriously. And the cool thing about it was, it wasn't, it wasn't, it, it wasn't expected. It was like they were an eccentric group they were an, mm -hmm. an original group they had an original sound it mm -hmm. wasn't anything mm -hmm. that seemed contrived or cliche like they were just unique yeah. from the door yeah. you know straight up straight up no, i agree 100 percent, man and you know you look back at atlanta hip-hop at that time you know like you said it had a certain sound but also when you talk about the people up north the new yorks you mm -hmm. know and the phillies and all this they didn't respect what they had going on nah. in Atlanta, yeah. but those guys, and this is a, this is a, a, a trend that you'll see all throughout their career. Those guys you couldn't front on them. Mm -hmm. You couldn't front on them. It may sound a little different at, at that time. It wasn't Andre doing it, but they may dress a little different. Yeah. They may have a different style, but when they get down to them bars and the way they, the way they get, get on, on the mic, come on, you can't front on them. And, and everybody knew that. Everybody knew that. I was like, yeah, them boys is nasty. And you can, you know, the the evolution of Outkast sound goes hand in hand with the evolution of Outkast, particularly Andre 3000's look. Mm -hmm. um, one thing when we talk about great albums, if you go back to the Chronic episode last week or you go back to the Ready to Die episode earlier in the in 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 in, in the podcast, you'll find at least in my eyes, when I look at the greatest albums of all time, there's a there's a flow to it. It's not a sporadic collection of songs. It is a group of records that are meticulously put together to mm -hmm. take you on a journey mm -hmm. from beginning to end. Southern Playalistic has that. 
And I think it's one of the the, the geniuses of Equimini. I think Equimini has that too. You could probably argue most of Outcast albums do. But, you know, I said at the beginning of this, Southern Playlist at Cadillac Music is the only album that sounds like that. Mm-hmm. It was a smooth introduction to a sound that we weren't used to hearing in hip hop. Mm-hmm. And then it was ATLians and really equipment where they started tinkering with the sound. Mm-hmm. You started getting this where where you knew it was Atlanta, you knew it was the South, but then you started getting in 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 ATLians, like no pun intended, you started getting like this, this space odyssey type sound mm-hmm. to it. Like it was just extremely unique to what they were doing. And that kept growing and changing as we went from album number two to album number three to album number four before landing on that, that crazy double disc that, that, they, that closed things yeah, out for them as a group. They have a, a, one of the skits on the Quimini. Uh is like, for whatever reason, one of my favorite skits ever when the guy goes in the record store and he's telling them, you know, he's like, uh, He's like, hey man, what, what you got this new? He's like, oh, we got this new goodie mob. It's like, oh yeah, I'm full with that. Got it. Oh, sky high, sky high. And then he goes, we got that new, new outcast. And the guy goes, man, I ain't fooling with them no more. First they were some pimps, <laughs> then they were some aliens. <laughs> no, nah, man, I ain't fooling them no more. And that goes to what you said. Yeah. Like they started off one way, mm-hmm. and then they started to tinker with some stuff, and yeah. they they did it fearlessly. Right. It was like, man, unapologetic. Yeah, we just we feeling this. This is the way we feel putting out the music. We're going to do it. We're not going just because we had players ball make everything sound like players ball. Man, we're going to come with elevators. You know what I'm saying? We don't come with ATLians. And they did. They did players ball, the greatest Christmas song ever written. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I'll, I'll play that. Every it's beginning to look. It's beginning to look a lot like yeah. I didn't know for ever that that was a christmas once it's pointed out like for those who who aren't in on the bit that player's ball is a christmas song keep that in your mind and go listen to it when this podcast is over it was a LaFace christmas album right yeah 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 LaFace. there (laughs) that's where it all started like what an old school reference that just in and of itself is (laughs) la La reed and baby face so here's how tony braxton and oh man they had they had a roster oh yeah they had a roster for sure so like the analogy that I like to make with the evolution of Outcast is like Southern Playalistic. They was they 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 was on the ground. They was on they they were on Earth. Mm-hmm. ATLians they they started to take off. Mm-hmm. Right by the time they got to Equimini, they're in orbit. Mm-hmm. And by the speak by Stankonia, they're they're on their own Outcast planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And by Speaker box love below. They're on their own <laughs> separate planets. Else. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, listen. I don't mean to interrupt you, but listen to bombs over Baghdad. Man, mm-hmm. come on. on. That 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 was like the we video. Ain't never heard hip hop like that. nothing like that. We ain't never and, like at least in our era. You could probably say like um, uh, African Bombarder or something like that. Mm-hmm. But in our hip hop, we ain't never. What the, and think what about the how many times this? they did that though. That what you just described, bombs over Baghdad. Think about how many times you heard an Outcast song. It was like, what is this? Yeah. Like, I never heard nothing like this before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't pull a thing out unless you <laughs> came to bang. <laughs> Man, no, but like, we gotta give credit. We have to give credit to the cultivation of Outcast through the Dungeon Family, mm-hmm. through Organized Noise, mm-hmm. because it was really mm-hmm. Organized Noise who helped them cultivate that sound mm-hmm. Ray Murray and Rico Wade and Rico Wade's basement. And that's where mm-hmm. the beginnings of all of them, Goody mob outcast, who else? Um, 
Goody Mob didn't last long. Either. Sleepy Brown. Sleepy, Sleepy Brown. Brown. Yeah. Sleepy. He's yeah. technically Killer Mike. Well, yeah, Killer mm-hmm. Mike too. But Sleepy Brown's technically a part of Organized Noise. He yeah. helped produce a lot yeah. of those albums. He was. He came on the scene like in public later, later on. He, but he was, was behind the, the scene from yeah. from day one for sure, yeah. for sure. And that was just the 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 cultivation of that sound with them, like you know, sleeping in the in the in the in the basement, waking up to the music day in and day out. It was like camp. It was like boot camp, you know, and in order because they knew I feel like they knew they had to come hard. They had to, they, they they just had to blow everybody away because there was nothing. There was no blueprint. Yeah. So they they just had to come on the scene, you know, really just just with a bang, you know, yeah. and they did that through that Dungeon family organized noise, you know, cultivation. And know? they're doing it. And think back to that, that. uh soul train awards reference where we're they're doing it at a time they're ready to die source is, awards source awards yeah. they're doing it at a, at a at a time that ready to die is out mm-hmm. right like ready to die drops five four or five months after mm-hmm. southern playlistic did mm-hmm. we're seeing the ascent you know obviously the chronic is out but we're seeing you know the dog down and in 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 the in the ascension mm-hmm. of the west coast of course you got elmatic and you've got these You've got these iconic sounds from different regions all coming out in like a two year stretch of each other. Like when you make a list of the greatest albums of all time, when you make a list of the greatest hip hop albums of all time, you're including five or six albums that were released between the time period of 1992 and 1994. Mm, What a time to be alive, Mm. man. And, and and when you talk about that going up against those type of heavy hitters, those type of albums, I look at these two guys, you know, the, these these young men at the time, going out almost on their own, right? They're on their own. They're in Atlanta. They got a. You guys correct me if I'm wrong, but they got a bit of a different sound than Atlanta at that time. Atlanta at that time was like, uh, you know, probably you'd say like Jermaine Dupree, like. Mm-hmm. John it was more R and B based. Yeah, 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 right. And and we're we're going out TLC exactly. We're going out there with our own. Like if they have the Dungeon Family, but like by ourselves, like we by ourselves, we going up against Dre. We going mm-hmm. up against Biggie and Puffy and what they got going on in the height of the East versus West. Yeah, yeah, man, it's. Them dudes are special, man. And they were teenagers when they put that first mm-hmm. album. Yeah, that's the that's mm-hmm. the other the the other crazy footnote is they were super young so when that young. dropped. Mm. So and, young. And and thinking about Andre and how like Andre three thousand evolved, there's a lot of now you have to take this reference for uh, you got to take all of the I got you. Go, you know where I'm going I got with you. this. I smell what you I smell what you're cooking. <laughs> he had strong Kanye West vibes like <laughs> like Kanye like because I remember as Kanye started to you know he came out with the 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 uh the prep gear right the college mm-hmm. student that was the the whole thing with the polos. with the with the polos and the you know the collared shirts under the sweaters and the backpacks and that mm-hmm. whole thing and then it started to evolve and his clothes started to have a message and then his start his clothing started to become really unique exactly what andre 3000 was he was rocking baggy polos and big jeans on southern playlistic and then it started to emerge to where 
you know, they did that reunion tour. He's wearing, you know, jumpsuits with messages on them. And like all of the so jumpsuits are different. Yeah. Like none of them are the same. Yeah. And and, and like, you know, his, his, his unique personality and, and the way he approached media, like we saw a lot of that stuff before it really kind of went off the rails mm -hmm. with Kanye West. It was kind of a similar trajectory to where I think most people thought like Andre is going to be a clothing designer like that's mm -hmm. like it, it it feels like his once he got out of music his second passion was in fashion right but and then go ahead go i ahead, did finish. feel like he just decided no nah, i'm good i didn't mean to cut you off but i was just gonna say when he first started that transition it wasn't received mm -mm. very well mm -mm. so mm -hmm. like the the first <laughs> the first distinctive change in his fashion was the turban the turban yeah in the atlians video yeah. right so the camp i guess you know the people in their circle like what, what's he doing why you got a turban on that's what my grandma wears to church <laughs> and then they go down to lennox mall and everybody got turbans on <laughs> you know what i'm saying because he i mean man it's just it's so crazy just to think about both of them though andre and big boy they're both stars in their own right mm -hmm. And when you're a star, when you have that it factor, mm -hmm. you might what you do might not be, you know, you might get some criticism from the peanut gallery. It might not be well received mm -hmm. on in the onset, but that's your star is going to resonate. Yeah. And so by him, not only with the fashion choices, but like he was like abstinent. He was vegan. Mm -hmm. He was, you know, before vegan was a big before thing. Before was a big yeah. thing, right? So he was doing all these what seemed like extreme things, but he was really just ahead of the curve. Yeah. And that too is a sign of like, you know, genius yeah. and just, you know, exceptional well, thinking when you're ahead of the curve like that. You, you took the thoughts right out of my head. I was just about to say, you know how, you know how nice Andre is that nobody ever challenged him in the as much bravado as hip-hop has mm -hmm. nobody has ever challenged that man on anything he's ever done that's his exactly. bars his style nothing that's how nice he is yeah that's how nice with the pen yeah. he is like because like i said you talk about hip-hop somebody always got something to say Definitely. some rapper somewhere always got something to say this dude is so well respected and so universally respected that ain't nobody ever said nothing. Not about yeah, the turban, right. not about the wigs, not about nothing. Like that's not about the nice bell bottoms is, that came right? after the turban, the bell bottoms, the <laughs> that, afro, the cane. That's came. how nice he is. The album below cover art, you know, yeah. or the love below cover art. Nobody ain't never said nothing about it. Well, him. the fact that the love below is essentially not a hip hop record. Mm -hmm. It's a it, it, so the story behind that is they were making separate albums to be released separately. Mm -hmm. It was never meant to be an outcast album. And then the record label came to them and said, hey, it's not the right time to do a solo record. And Andre said, well, that's cool. I have this record like done. <laughs> Big Boy does a record, put them out together. And that's the outcast album mm -hmm. is speaker cd one is his mm -hmm. cd two is mine mm -hmm. and speaker box is a hip-hop record mm -hmm. like that's big boy i don't know what to call the love below like it's a it's it's a sound of itself yeah. like it's it's exactly what you think an andre 3000 r&b like album would sound some like say Atlanta, like some say new york hey ya <laughs> hey ya was so like unspecific 
it was on like pop charts, <laughs> dance charts, yeah, rock it charts. Was a phenomenon. Hip hop chart. <laughs> like that song was literally on the top of every chart because no one knew what to classify it as. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that, a true mark of his gene. Absolutely. I, I remember when that dropped. Um, much much like most people who love hip hop, I didn't know what to think of Love Below. I heard speaker box. I said, Big Boy came with it. Mm -hmm. Big Boy came. The, the bass was bumping everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. Big Boy came with it. And then I heard Love Below and I was like, Yeah, I guess. And then I heard it again and I said, this shit is kind of fire. And then I heard it the third time and I said, oh my God, I, I, this is amazing. I think that's the overall, I think that's how the reception of the album worked. Cause I was, I was on KSFM at the time mm -hmm. and the way you move started out mm -hmm. massive, yeah, it did. like huge. Yeah. And Hey, I was like, no, nah, it's, it's, it's there. It's cool. Yeah. But the way you move was Man, when I say every first. hour yeah. and 15 minutes, I mean every hour and 15 minutes yeah. without fail. And then it was it, it was probably like three or four weeks where it's like, yo, hey, I was gaining a lot of steam. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, I hit the boosters and <laughs> took off both Everywhere. records, by the way, played for an extremely mm -hmm. long time in what's called a power rotation, mm -hmm. every hour and 15 minute rotation mm -hmm. on power stations across the country. Um, but when the way you move started to trickle down to more like a power recurrent, which is a little bit less frequent. Mm -hmm. Hey, ya stayed right there at the top because it was being run on every radio station imaginable, regardless of genre. And, and this is where so this is where. When I get back to the, the argument I had about them being the greatest, first of all, I don't. Maybe you guys can answer me this. I don't know why um, commercial success is looked down on in hip hop. It's not everything. You can't be only commercially successful and be the greatest. But if we're talking about the greatest, I think that factors in. Like that has to be a part of the discussion. Like you can't just be local, I just be underground. And be the greatest. I think the reason for that is because hip hop was always so hip hop started mm -hmm. so underground and started mm -hmm. so exclusive, like the performance art that we talked about in an earlier episode. It wasn't made for record. Like, and yeah. so it is the one genre where commercial like the Black Eyed Peas. Well, Black Eyed Peas are the perfect example. Like, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, you got the Black Eyed Peas before. They blew up with yeah. that's the joint and that's the jam. And then the black IPs after they blew up, it's an entirely different it, sound. It's, and I, Sign and I, a significantly wealthier sound. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. That's the joint. That's the I, I say that to say though, um Outcast between them and, and Wu Tang, mm -hmm. you can tell me a little different. You're a little older than I am. I didn't hear Wu Tang on the radio out here. The only time, if you would hear Wu-Tang, it would be... 12 o'clock, yeah, 12 a.m., right? Saturday some, night. Some DJ in the mix, yeah. underground, doing all that other stuff yeah. out here. In New York, it was massive. Mm -hmm. On the East Coast, it was massive. Like, yeah. you could... That's a power... Uh, Cream was a power record yeah. or whatever. Triumph mm -hmm. was a power record. But out here, it wasn't like that. Outcast, I heard Outcast all through my life. And Outside after, of the Black after, Eyed Peas. After Triumph... Like and I know they did their 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 solo stuff, but yeah. you know the purple tape and all. Right, like, I didn't hear that stuff. Like you, I I don't know in in, in New York. Well, probably see, heard it every hour on the hour, but out here we didn't hear show that because the a part of Wu's greatness 
was that they weren't as commercially successful, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not at all, not even close, mm-hmm. but they were still a force mm-hmm. and they were still coming because it was so many of them and their solo projects. And then when they came back and did group projects, but they weren't nowhere near as commercially successful as Outkast. But to your point about just commercial success being looked down upon, I think particularly in, in hip hop, um, there's like a need to like outdo yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, there's you're competing with yourself. Once you reach a certain stature and once you reach a pinnacle and you consider like, cause they say this, like this is what Nas was cursed with. Mm-hmm. Like Illmatic was so good. It was so hard to follow up. Mm-hmm. And those albums that followed were great, mm-hmm. but because Illmatic was such a benchmark, it was like he couldn't live up to it. So, right. I, and then it's just because it's so competitive. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, Dre said it in Rosa Parks. Baby boy, you only funky is your last cut. You focus on the past, your ass will be a has what. Right. So, once they reached that benchmark, it was like, okay, what are you going to do next? You know what I'm saying? What do you think their benchmark was? Quim and I? No, I think it was Love Below and Speaker Box, mm. actually. Mm. because of what Damien was just talking about, about it being in the power rotation mm-hmm. and it being essentially two separate albums and the first outcast project without who organized noise. Mm. They did not produce one record mm. and they were hurt by that too, mm-hmm. but they had evolved musically so much. Dre was producing all his own stuff. Right. And right. then big boy, he had his own team, right? But they had, Coming to the, I mean, they were already certified legends yeah. after Aquemini, and yeah. then they doubled up with Stangonia. So by this point, they're just, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking about why you don't hear the same criticisms of criticisms of Outcast that you do the Black Eyed Peas, right? Because Outcast people forget, like Speaker Box, uh, the uh, the way you move and hey, yeah, just mm-hmm. massive, massive hits. Mm-hmm. ATLings, Rosa Parks, Elevators, those are all massive massive records and what i think happened is outcast was a hip-hop group that made hip-hop records that became pop records mm-hmm. whereas the black eyed peas were a hip-hop group that made pop records that became pop records yeah, yeah. yeah and absolutely. i think i think i think you know in in talking about the evolution of the black eyed peas their music evolved to where i think they started targeting a different audience right. outcast music evolved and that's not a knock on the black eyed peas right. by the way outcast music evolved to where they were just trying something different right they just wanted to hear what the sound sounded like absolutely as it doesn't like i i don't think it existed before then i don't think it exists now no. it's I, a sound that's exclusive to them i think i think you hit the nail on the head because dre could make hey uh and nobody would say anything because he's verified certified absolutely. Like he's he's there and and that's and no, roses too. Let's not forget roses. Roses was a, was a smash, Let's right? I forget it. And and no shade to you know, well, I am black eyed peas. They they put in their own work, but I don't know if they were like you said. They they started making these songs that it said just this is a pop it's song a pop record, and yeah. we're doing it. Andre was just like like you said, I'm gonna try and do something different. But he was so verified and certified before that. He could do he could do whatever he wants. And like for, for somebody like that, for me, like I have this discussion all the time with about Drake, right? People are like, man, I don't like Drake. All he does is sing. Well, it's not like he can't rap. 
Right. Like we've we've heard him rap. He is verified and certified in the bars that he has. Yeah. He's allowed to go sing if he wants to. That's how I feel about Dre. Like he can go do Hey Ya because we heard him on Elevator. Dre was Drake before Drake, honestly. Pretty much. And yeah, I think I think the 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 whole evolution into pop is really just an evolution in and of itself, in and of the music. It's like not being confined. And I think that's that was outcast. That was their whole thing from day one. They don't want to be in a box, mm. especially Andre. You know, Big Boy was kind of on brand his mm-hmm. whole career. He was just a uh, ATL spitter with style and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the players swag, a little street. You know what I'm saying? But I think with Dre particularly, he was sort of the heart and soul of the not being placed in this this box, this Southern rap box. And we want to just transcend beyond. Yeah. And so I think as far as the respect level that you were talking about earlier, Kenny, like nobody's going to challenge Andre because you know when it comes to bars, I mean, even right now, think about how crazy it would be if you just heard Dre featured on a, I don't know. It had mm-hmm. no. It happens. You know, it was saying? on the Frank Ocean joint. People lost their mind. Exactly. Or, People lose their mind. It, it like, was on the Kanye joint. Legend yeah, the Kanye joint. He was on the joint. second oh, yeah, yeah, version yeah. of Jail. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, because you know, at this point, you know, he's almost like it's almost like it's crazy because if you think, I think their last performance together was in like 2014. Or it was something. Coachella. I think. It was well, Co- they did. They did Coachella and then like two more festivals after that. That were nap almost ten. Years ago, mm-hmm. for this group as monumental and as groundbreaking as they are, like in my opinion, they should still be working on stuff. They don't got to be working on it together, but mm-hmm. they should just kind of just mm-hmm. still be active. I mean, but that's just coming from how, a selfish fan standpoint. But it's like Andre 3000 is literally walking around in various parts of the country <laughs> playing a Mayan flute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know find them at, at the starbucks what are we doing <laughs> i mean it's dope well, but it's me, like let me ask both of y'all how y'all feel about that about them not doing anything and it's it's kind of clear to me that big boy will do it big boy wants to do it big boy will jump at the opportunity but dre wants no part of it how how you, how you guys feel about that there's a a a, a, a tweet that cm punk wants tweeted of all people that I just thought was incredible because it was during CM Punk's hiatus from wrestling. Everyone was clamoring for him to come back. And he tweeted like, why can't there be more people like John Hughes? You make great movies and you just disappear. Of course, Punk got to, you know, he's from Chicago. John Hughes is a Chicago director. And he made those, you know, those eighties high school teen classic movies the breakfast club and 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 all those all those different 16 candles all of those joints right there right and then he was just gone yeah he was done and i think there is a certain level of charm to that there's also a certain level of restraint Mm -hmm. to where like i'm look over here uh, Southern Playlistic, Platinum, ATLians, two times Platinum, Equimini, two times Platinum, Stank On You, five times mm. Platinum, Speaker Box Love Below, 11 mm. times Platinum, even uh, Idlewild went Platinum, mm. like all, like, and then they went away. Mm-hmm. 
I think there's that adds to the mystique of it's Barry Sanders, right? How much longer could Barry Sanders have played? He rushed for 1500 yards every season he stepped on the field. Well, it's a great what if because he he walked away and it's something we'll never know the answer to. These two never had the opportunity to make a bad album. They made nothing but certified hip hop classics and then walked away. You guys like that a while? It was all right. Uh, it was all right. But I could understand somebody saying, I, 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 it was cool. It was all right. I liked, yeah. it, was cool. I liked it. Hollywood yeah. divorce. That's my joint. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like, it you was know, cool. like you go back and listen to this, all of that stuff plays like new. Mm-hmm. Like if you go back, like it, Outcast, with the exception of the first album, it's not a discography that I run a lot. So yeah. when we decided this was the one we were going to do, listening to AT Aliens and Stake On You, listening to the albums from beginning to end, for the last week, it was like a new experience mm. because Outcast hasn't dropped a new album. Mm-hmm. So it feels new. Now, for me, given being I'll skip AT Aliens. <laughs> like I'll, I'll skip elevators. Well, because I heard them so much. Well, okay. I heard those. It's not that the those records are, are bad, Damien, but I heard those blasphemous. Right? Those are the records, <laughs> though, that I heard seven times a day, right, eight times right, a day. And it's right, like, right. okay, what's after this? Right. Oh man, because every other record besides those I haven't heard in fifteen it, years. Well, let me ask both of you guys this too, then, because people always ask me, you know, what's what's your favorite? I know I get stumped between Aquemini and AT Aliens. I some days I say Aquemini, some days I say AT Aliens. Number one, is it even that close to the rest of you guys? And and what's what's the better album, Aquemini or AT Aliens? I say Equimini because when Equimini came out, so it's funny, right? So I think of Equimini almost like a precursor to the Love, Be- Love Below and Speaker Box because Andre and Big Boy were actually, they were doing this. They were starting to veer off into mm-hmm. their own lanes mm-hmm. more so than ever, I think, mm-hmm. which is sort of the genesis for the name. Like, it's like Gemini, Aquarius. Mm-hmm. We're separate but equal it's him and I equipment you know what I'm saying and 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 they knew it was like you know it's almost like a marriage you've been in for however many years we're better together than 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 apart mm-hmm. and they knew they could make magic but they also like knew that if they didn't if they I feel like at that point if they if if they didn't make that album mm-hmm then it would have been a rap because they could have went solo back then, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and Equimini was such like, it was a stamp. It was just like, this is, this is it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then when you take, take a record like Spodiote Delicious Angel, <laughs> which is so different, it's almost like a spoken word song. Right. And it, to me, it's the best song on the album because vibe. it is outcast. Like it's them, yeah. it's their personalities. And I mean, yeah, it's, I mean Rosa Parks skewed on a barbecue. The artist storytelling, oh, artist oh, storytelling man. with oh. Raekwon. Yeah, skewed um, Barbie. And I'm starting because I'm yeah, starting I, I, to Spodiote because it's so different. And yeah. then the rest of them yeah. joints is just like they're undeniable. I, I, I think I think you 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 hit it on the head, but you also opened up with something that, which I think I already said, but I'll repeat, and I want you to answer too. You started by saying your favorite, mm-hmm. and then you graduated to like what's the better album my favorite is southern playlist mm-hmm. at cadillac music what's yours this is an unpopular answer but my favorite outcast Ottawa. album 
<laughs> I don't think I gave Out of Wild a shot. Honestly, I was, I was a I was a, in a, I was in a weird Monet. space when that album came out. I was trying to figure Janelle out life. Monet song on there was, uh-huh. was crazy. My favorite Outcast album is The Love Below. I ain't mad at that because I don't know. Like Prototype is my favorite song on mm. the album. Yeah, but for like sentimental reasons. Like I was in college. I was at Hampton University. I was a freshman at Hampton. And that was just a special time. And it was yeah. something about that song that just encapsulates Let's do something that out time. of the ordinary. You know? <laughs> Man, I love that joint. So, yeah, that's probably my favorite. But there, I think Equimini is the best. My favorite song of all time, it's a, it's a, it's a toss-up between ATLians and Spodioti, but my favorite album is probably Love Below. I think Equimini is the peak of their artistic creativity. I, I think it was. It's it, and I, And I think you said this perfectly, Don. It's the... It's the precursor to the speaker box, the love below. It's as far away as they're going to get from Southern playlistic Cadillac music mm. and Stankonia, which was really, really good, mm. became like a placeholder for that ultimate album there yeah. at the end. But when you talk about like the peak of creativity and evolution, I think it's Equimini. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the best. You know, what's really dope about them. And I hope I'm assuming it's still the same way. Um we talk about, you know, them musically. And like, I asked the question, like, do we feel cheated? Cause they stopped making music and, you know, I wish they'd make music and they, I want them to go on tour and all this other stuff. And I talk about how big boy was like, big boy clearly seems like he's for it at any point in time. Yeah. And Dre's out the way. I saw an interview um, not too long ago. Like I said, I still really hope it's the same way. And they asked big boy about all of this. And Big was like, uh, he's like, man, like I don't think y'all understand. Like that's that's my guy, that's my brother. For life. Like his kids and my kids hang out. I call him, I talk to him every day. And it I talk to him every day. It ain't nothing about oh, this project. How are you doing, man? Right. What you got? What's up? Oh, really? That have that's crazy. Like, that's how they talk. And yeah. we get so fixated on the music so much because that's what we want. Right. But these guys. And I love to see that because we see so many times in the in the music industry and in the hip hop game and RB game where these great groups like yeah. go their separate ways and don't talk for life. These guys are like, man, we don't we don't even really talk about music ever. I, think I talk you, about the man and he talk about me, the man and right. the family and all this other stuff. I thought I just thought that was so dope when I heard him. Say no, that. it is dope. It is dope. And I'm so glad you 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 circled you spun the block for that <laughs> one, Kenny, because I wanted to come back to that point. Because first off, I think you could tell that there's real love there, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to like, let's say tribe where there's love there too, but mm-hmm. they, they for petty reasons fell off, right. you know? Right. And for outcasts, even though yes, fans selfishly want them to continue to make great music and be out there performing and, you know, cause they're just, they're, they're, they're just a one of a kind, you know, group but to damien's point i think the mystique part about it that is important from a creative aspect and as Mm -hmm. a creative the goal is i want my creativity to be validated Mm -hmm. i want my livelihood as a creative person as Mm -hmm. an artist Mm -hmm. to be cemented to where this work that i've poured myself into it'll it'll outlive me mm. it'll it'll you know transcend beyond my time here 
And once you reach that peak, that plateau, it's like, who doesn't want to go out on top? Because let's say Outkast comes back together and they put a bad album out, mm -hmm. which is unfathomable, mm -hmm. but anything can happen. Yeah. Think about how that would change the course yeah. of their legacy. It's almost like Jordan going to the Wizards. Right, right. You know, yeah, that didn't happen. Want, Most people that, pretend like that go, didn't happen. Exactly. I don't, I don't want no more cast album. No more cast. <laughs> just, just do reunion tours and all that. I don't right. I don't want another cast album. And then and then just yeah, because just when you're a creative person and you empty yourself and you empty and you feel like you've you've given, I think, I think I feel like Lauren Hill kind of falls under this mm. category too, you mm. know, where you empty yourself and it just maybe doesn't feel the same. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, big boy, he probably does want to just go back in because he's done a lot of joints, mm -hmm. Sir Lucius yeah, and joint. he's done, yeah. yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. But I think for Andre, and I could be wrong, just speculate, and I think for Andre, I don't think. I just don't know if it's there for him because mm -hmm. as a creative person, also, once you feel the need to get something out, you're going to do it. You're mm -hmm. going to find the way. But the timing, the, everything has to be right. Yeah. Stars got to be aligned. Yeah. Everything needs to yeah. be right. So when it's not, you don't want to force something. You don't want to put something out there. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. When you when you that Dre's a perfect creative. example. When you're right. creative like that, everything has to be in place for you to put out your best work but mm -hmm. i feel like maybe, maybe he feels like they already have put out their be his best work mm -hmm. or their best work as a group yeah. you know two hip-hop albums in history of one album of the year at the grammys mm. any idea what they are yeah that miseducation and love below speaker box mm. you just referenced the two people who have won the album of the year and you've made reference to three of the next four or two of the next three episodes that we're going to do uh, next week, uh, the Illmatic Effect. Mm. Uh, we'll Can't dive wait. into uh, Nas's classic, and I'm sure uh, our, our boy Kamara, when he hears this, he's going to want to get in <laughs> on this because he often refers to Illmatic as the hip hop bible. Uh, then we got the history of Bay Area hip hop coming up mm. after that. Ooh. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then he just mentioned her. I think this will be one of the most interesting mm. episodes we do. The Miseducation mm. of Lauren Hill. L Boogie. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Lauren Hill and and her amazing place uh, in hip hop history. Make sure you go check out the dope ones.com. Uh, find out what Don is uh, all about. Or for those who watch Dilo and KC Monday through Friday, yeah. uh, you see a lot of Don's work, uh, both on our uh, attire uh, and on our live stream. You ain't fooling with that cast. I thought I was Head over to Appreciate all the support. The dope ones.com. Uh, check us out, Dilo and KC Monday through Friday noon to four on ESPN 1320. You can check us out on YouTube as well. You can check out DiloandKC.com. But most of all, if you dig what we're doing here on the podcast, please hit the uh, subscribe button, share it. If you got one of the platforms like Apple or Spotify that allows you to rate and review the show, please do that as well. If you think we're worth five stars, hit that. Leave us a little note. That helps the podcast grow. That helps us get noticed by Apple and Spotify. That pushes us up in the algorithm. We're begging for likes. We're not above it. Uh, we want those downloads. We want those five-star reviews and all that good stuff. And most of all, we want you to be back here next week. Dilo KC, the dope ones on Corners of the Culture. Holla. Let's go. Let's go.